Greetings, listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and today I'm with a very good friend, Mr. Brandon Hillock. Hi, everyone. Uh, Brandon is well-known in various circles as uh, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, Jack Sparrow, and various incarnations of Doctor Who. So, Brandon, welcome. Um, So, here's my thing. I always start with a really basic question. What got you into cosplay? Um, Well, I was a kid, and they had this uh, holiday called Halloween. And <laughs> and uh, every Halloween, um, my poor grandmother, bless her soul, she would make all my costumes from scratch for me, and I would change my mind at least three times. Like I, you know, I, oh, I want to be Ninja Turtle. Oh, I want to be Batman for Halloween. I want, and it, she would always make all of them, and mm-hmm. it always. One year it became two, the next year it was like three, and I just had to wear them all. She said the only rule was that I had to wear all three of them on Halloween. So like, oh, you know, wow. I ch- I change. I bring both costumes to school, mm-hmm. and I change in the uh, at lunchtime into a different costume. And they're like, "You have another one?" Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then you know, and then it, at actually Halloween for trick or treat, I would change into the third costume. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a very popular time for me. And you know, I never stopped dressing up for Halloween all the way until freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. I even dressed up for Halloween. And then my buddy's like, "Hey, have you uh, have you ever been to Comic Con?" And I was like, "What is this?" magic um and he's like people dress up in costume all the time there and i'm like really so this is 96 mm-hmm. um and uh so the days that you could walk up and get a ticket and walk into the floor oh, totally yeah 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 so uh i my grandma's last costume she made me she even told me this is this is going to be your last outfit i make you i said all right so she made me uh return of the jedi luke skywalker nice. i had a really cool light up toy lightsaber when yep. they re-released the movies and the hype was back up and um and all that stuff and uh i got there and i thought my costume was just on point and then all of a sudden like a squad of mini squad of stormtroopers rolled by me I'm like oh man i'm in a i'm in, I'm in a pajamas like <laughs> it sort of feels like <laughs> my buddy spent all this money and got got a um a biker scout together and i said i vowed i was like all right all right so next year i'm gonna just i'm just i'm gonna come here with something different mm-hmm. um so i did i got a better jedi outfit and upgraded uh luke and stuff like that and then eventually when we saw images for episode one of what Obi-Wan looked like, I, I dropped a, a lot of time and money getting that taken care of. And then that's kind of what started it. And every year I kept thinking, I'm like, this is the only one I need. I just need the one costume mm-hmm. to go to the conventions with. And then, no, it would it would just be another addiction. Um, so Star Wars kind of ran my life. It's always Star Wars costumes. Um, and it's funny because the Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, I swear that's all I ever saw back then was Star Wars costumes. I, I mean, in the early stages. And there wasn't, like, a lot of cosplays around there. This is back when it was called costuming. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, you know, and it was really just mostly Star Wars people. I don't even remember if I could, if if there was anything else there, it would be very, like, closet put together. You know what I mean? Um, kind, of, kind of like mine was the first time. But, uh, so, it, I watched it grow, and I didn't really switch into any type of costume, except for when uh, Pirates of the Caribbean first released his trailer. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, you know. Oh my god, they're making a movie about the ride. What a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like who was in it. I'm like, oh Johnny Depp, I actually really like Johnny Depp. Um and of course, you know, Legolas at the time was just a hype hype thing. So oh, when yeah, I first yeah. saw the first images of Jack's costume, I was like, Oh my god, I need this for Renaissance Fair or in general. So mm-hmm. then I saw how he performed it and I was like, I'm totally in love. So I mean that was basically my next big costume that I ever did after Star Wars. So that's kinda like what began the trend from childhood to that. I basically wanted an excuse to have Halloween more than just one day a year. And then as the con there as I found out there was more conventions and then there's Renaissance fairs and stuff like that, more excuses to wear these things and mm-hmm. wear this armor that may be my favorite characters. I just I tried to find more and more of it. So what do you consider your first costume, whether it be for Halloween or quote cosplay? First costume ever? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I was Batman. I remember I was eight years old. And this kind of ties into, like, I think my job now. Um, my, my grandma made me a bat suit, and I had buck teeth. I was a terrible <laughs> Batman. But it was, like, you know, it was, like, spandex, like, dancer suit. And then she made me a cardboard logo that, like, Velcroed onto my chest and, like, you know, a little cowl that was all floppy and everything. But there was this little girl that my mom that would come visit my mom. Uh, it was, like, my mom's friend's little girl. She was younger than me, and I think I was, like, it was eight and I would go in, and she likes Batman because you know, the Michael Keaton movie came out, so it was just Batman everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was just like this. She could. She's probably four or five, 
And I would go, and I had the suit on. She was so excited to meet Batman. Like, I, she really believed I was the real thing. And I was like a buck two, eight year old. But she believed it. And then I, like, would go change and then enter the house at a different way. I'm like, did you see Batman? I, I'll go tell him that you want to see him again. And I go change and everything. So <laughs> that's what I remember the most. Um, my first real, like, anything was Batman. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I definitely have an emotional tie. And the only other one I remember after that, my, my grandma made me a... Uh, 2015 Marty McFly uh, costume, which it's funny on my Facebook. I I now have a, like a good one now, but like back then she made it out of like a trash bag, um, gray trash bag for the sleeves, and but I put comparison photos, which is which was kind of funny. So I wish I could find that hideous look of Batman back then, so I could put those together with my Dark Knight suit. But um, but yeah, I mean that's the I think that's the earliest one is definitely being Batman. That's that's amazing. Um... So, uh, jumping slightly ahead to what you just discussed, do you feel co- cosplay as a term to me became a thing? I'd say by the late '90s, early 2000s, somewhere in there, Merkley, Merkley. Yeah, remember yeah, for up. sure. Um, <clears throat> do you ally yourself more with the term costuming or cosplay? You know, I've invented a term for myself and my team, which is cost performers. Mm-hmm. It's the ones that are like, you know we do the acting, we'll do the voices, we'll commit to like being like as if we're as if you're walking into Disneyland and we're being those characters. We're right. not just model models. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at cosplay, unfortunately, as another form of suicide girls. I just do. It, like before it basically cosplay okay. came into the scene. Follow me on this. Yep. Co- the word cosplay came into the scene basically around the time that women took over the genre. Because in my day it was you were lucky if you saw a female in costume at a comic convention. Oh, dude, I know and all then, about it. Yep. You remember? Okay, oh, yeah. so like it, it was definitely a man's world. Not, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden now it's it's a female's world, and it's turned into it, it cosplay is a modeling type thing, and you can get famous off of it. I think more so than Suicide Girls, but it's still that you know like you, you're looking sexy in a costume that's you know in a genre, mm-hmm. but it's always you know it's usually body and everything. I, I know a few. There's plenty of cosplay girls out there that go hardcore and even do guy characters full throttle, which, you know, awesome. Some guys, I've seen some girls that probably the best competition I've ever seen for doing Captain Jack Sparrow, you know what I mean? But for the most part, that's kind of what I've always looked at, the cosplay. Now, you can't go around with, now it's just a quick word to get people to understand what I do, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or what any of us do. Like, you can't deny what it means to people. It's like, oh, you like to put costumes on and go to conventions and take pictures. Yeah, it's a quick word for it because before it's like you tell somebody costuming, oh, do you work in the industry? Da, da, da. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's more ways you can go about it. But I try to tell people we're cost performers. Like we like to act. We like to do little show, shows like your your Doctor Who show and stuff like that. It's more, there's more to it than that, I think. And uh, But yeah, I mean, I still use the word so people know what I'm talking about and there's no way to escape it. But that's what the, when that all came in, that's what I feel that word relates to the most is when it became a modeling uh, type genre versus a customer's I'm going to dress up and go to a convention. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like it, it happened because as I understand the term and how I always initially allied the term, I always thought of it primarily for anime costuming. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I saw more women or girls doing anime costuming than guys, and so yeah, I guess that's where I thought. I didn't realize it would take over as a catch-all term, um, but I guess that's... Yeah, neither did I. I remember I went to Anime Expo and that was the word there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, and yeah, there was a lot of anime female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, from that, you know, from the, but let's face facts. I mean, anime characters are always that same, very sexy, like outfits most of the time. You yeah. Know what I mean? Right. But, you know, right. So like, you know, they are, they've always been like night and day, but it's definitely, the word is definitely put an overcast over everything we do, which I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm not complaining because it's a lot easier to tell people these days what I, what we do. If I say cosplay, most people know what it is nowadays. Whereas back in the day, you completely have to, it was like an underground yeah, like society. You know what I mean? So I'm happy about it because it opens a lot more doors. Um, there's tons of people making costumes now. There's sites that literally make cosplay costumes. So if I need to get something, I don't need to track somebody down to go find it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll find someone on eBay for keep checking, see if somebody posts, oh, I made a, a Sweeney Todd coat back in the you know, in like early days where you really have to track somebody down if you don't know how to make something. Mm-hmm. Versus now, it's like you put a search in, you could find almost anything instantly, which I think is great because it's so much faster. I don't think... I've noticed that I've been able to get costumes before the movies come out so much quicker this way now, you know? Mm. Well, you're right. Yeah. No, there's somebody out there doing the research if you're not. And, you know, if you don't have the skills or the friends to help you, then you're right. I mean, and nowadays, if you don't, uh, what is it, like the RPF has a bunch of very talented people who do things or commissions or runs. And then you got, 
as you say, eBay sellers, and you have even some official license places like Abbey Shot or something that are you know creating yeah. this stuff. Anovos or you know somebody like that. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, your your first convention cosplay uh, you said was Jack Sparrow. Uh, no, first con- convention would have been the uh, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. So you were you were rocking. Okay, so you were rocking the Luke Skywalker, Return of the Jedi, um, and doing Star Wars stuff for how many years before you decided to switch over to Jack Sparrow? Let's see. I think uh, Pirates came out 2003, if I remember right. So, right. 6, 7, 8, 9, 2. So, literally six years, it was always Star Wars cosplays. Like, I, you know, I would, and we went, I went from doing Luke to Obi Wan Episode 1, upgrading that the following year and getting better with that, and then saw the images of Anakin Skywalker, did Anakin Skywalker, um, and then eventually did, you know, Revenge of the Sith, Anakin. Like, you know, they were all upgraded over and over again mm-hmm. or changed slightly like so and then it wasn't until pirates that i was like i'm gonna do something different now for one for the first time like not star wars stuff so that was uh, that was the change so i know your grandmother uh, helped you with the first one how were you approaching the later ones when again this was very early days of the internet you didn't have as many re- resources to fall back on well, it's funny because I just posted like my first Jack Sparrow costume, which is atrocious if you look at it now. But at the time, there was no one else wearing it, so it looked great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. I didn't master anything, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, and that, since I had to track down, I did exactly what I said. Like, you had to go on eBay and look up, you know, Jack Sparrow shirt or something like that. And finally, somebody posted, said, Oh, I made a Jack Sparrow shirt. And she was a Renaissance Fair costume maker. And then I, I wrote and said, There was some in discrepancies with how the accurate how some things weren't right on it and i told her i'm like look i went to disneyland and they had it on display before the movie came out before it blew up and i was able to like touch it you know measure it take tons of photos of it so i have all these reference things i'd like you to like make my whole thing so she made pretty much all of the first version um and it looked great then but then obviously as the years went on more accurate materials were found by other people that were obsessed with jack and was able to go through those resources and everything like that but but yeah, those first few years, every time I wanted to do a costume, it would be a year. It would be a year journey. Whereas now, you could probably get it together within three to four months. But mm-hmm. it would definitely be a year. Um, my buddy Chad was another one where he, I found his. He did a Mad Hatter hat, and um, I was like, hey, I, he had the whole costume done. And I said, would you be willing to do Mad Hatter head to toe? Which was unheard of. Like I've never been able to go to, at that point. I'd never been able to go to one person and get a costume done head to toe every mm-hmm. detail you know mm-hmm. it's always like resourcing you know even jack sparrow was like she just did the materials i had to go find the gun go find someone to make me the the sword baldrick nightmare you know until people started mass producing these things mm-hmm. but yeah so you would have to dedicate a year and then you end up spending a lot of money on um mark ones mark twos of stuff that you thought was going to work then you found something better like i remember at the end of the first mark one of um, Captain Jack, I had a whole nother Captain Jack costume mm-hmm. <laughs> because of, I was like, nope, this works better now. And I'm like, oh my God, I could, I have almost a head to toe other Jack just sitting here that I'm, that, you know, I 86, but now it's like, you know, you can get the right stuff right off the bat just by look, going online and looking for it. So that's something I definitely, definitely am stoked about. So, but yeah, in the early days it was, uh, it was difficult. I'm not, I'm not someone that could make anything. I'm good at weathering. I could do leather. I could do wood gluing, all that stuff. So like steampunk and things like that custom original stuff i can do but replication that's not my field so (laughs) (laughs) um so i mean i i know that uh you're very known for doing star wars characters and jack sparrow what do you feel uh is your favorite costume and what do you feel is your most popular costume if they are different um i i i would say the king of all my costumes is definitely captain jack because um you know, I auditioned with him at Disneyland and got the role at Disneyland for doing it. And even after Disney, I got flown to Europe twice to be him. He took me all over the place. Really? He took me all like, yeah, the most traveling I ever done in my life was because I was working as Captain Jack to go places. Wow. And he definitely is like basically a lot of the times of, of just a, a period version of me. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, without the weirdness, it, like the way he talks and everything, he just naturally – out of any character I've ever played in my entire life, he's the one that literally just takes over me. 
Like, I don't even have to think about it. He just, like, just comes out of nowhere. Like, you know, he'll just come right into it. Sometimes he'll even pop out in random characters. Like, and I'm like, damn it, get back. <laughs> like, you know, get away. And he's just so ingrained in my soul and put it on, and it definitely is my most popular. My most favorite is always, like, usually what the new one is that I'm doing because I'm excited about it. But if I had to go, if I had to say I had to go to war with something, it would be Captain Jack. And even to this day, I, will, I would be able to go toe-to-toe with a conversation with Johnny Depp in a heartbeat, no problem. As a matter of fact, I always used to say, I'm like, I've spent way more hours this char- more and more hours in this character than Johnny ever has. <laughs> so <laughs> I, think, I think I know how to actually talk and handle myself probably better than he can at this point. So, But uh, that's over cocky, and, but I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> how long did you uh, do it at Disneyland? Uh, I did it for the about the two-year run. Um, they were only supposed to be there for like the summer, two summers that the two movies were coming out, and then they decided to extend it and keep us there. And um, and then they put us on the island, and then the popularity dropped, and then eventually they let go of the Jacks. I got fired because uh, I went to the premiere on my own in my own costume. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, – there's a whole L.A. magazine about it. If you look up L.A. magazine and the article is called uh, – think how jack got the boot Mm -hmm. um and it's still this day the guy writes me still this day says it's still the most popular article we've ever written and it's basically behind the scenes of what it's like to work as a character a face character at disneyland like all the politics behind it how like there's you know management there that are bitter because they're not face characters so they will make your life hell (laughs) you know what i mean like and that's the truth yeah it's truth like you could tell in there that they do not want you to have any fun because they're jealous of what you get to do occasionally you get the one boss a day that that's loves just being around it but you do have these you know these like just overweight people that just like the power trip over you know so when i decide to go take uh, take over the jungle cruise which i did i got yelled at you know if i decide to walk around the, the park and go meet all the princesses and have a background story of how jack has had a relationship with them before they found their prince uh-huh. <laughs> you know yeah. um that you know what i mean like and the kid everybody loves it you know it's naturally everyone's having a good time but you get you get yelled at so um, and I think, I think the topper was uh, when I, I was working on, um, my TV show, which was Veronica Mars at the time and working at Disneyland. So I got a huge tax return and the, the, uh, third movie came out and they said they were, they weren't going to have any jacks on the carpet, but then it was like a ticket for like a thousand dollars. You can go and, and, uh, 900 of it went to make a wish. A hundred wow. of it was the t- Yeah. And I was like, I got a really big tax return from being on the show and Disneyland all at once. And I was like, you know what? I want to go get a picture with Johnny Depp in the costume. So I got to meet him briefly at Disneyland when he approved us, so that was awesome. But I didn't get to take a picture with him. They even told us we couldn't. And I really wanted one with him in the costume. So I paid for it. Uh, so did my girlfriend. Uh, and we went together. And uh, I worked the red carpet. like Because Johnny was taking – they always have him come last. The star mm-hmm. always comes last. And there would be people there that had been waiting since 4 in the morning, like exhausted. And, and he wasn't – you know, they think he was taking forever to get to them. And I remember one girl yelled at me, like, why are you so good at being Captain Jack? I think it was the best compliment I probably ever had. <laughs> somebody upset that I'm so convincingly good that I almost satisfied the craving that they were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> but I was signing autographs and everything, and I would go opposite where he went. But by mm-hmm. the time we got to the end of the gate where I was going to stop him and take a picture, they rushed him through because they needed to start the movie. So I didn't even get to have the dinner that they offered there, the, the open ride. Yeah, I didn't enjoy the premiere at all. Because I was hoping to get a photo with him, and it didn't happen. I got pictures with everybody else, though. Like the monkey with Barbosa. They mm-hmm. were all there. Like, mm-hmm. I got tons of pictures with them, but unfortunately. but And then what happened was there's always some – there's this place called Stretch and Flex, like, down there where you have to, like, actually report in and show that you're doing some stretches before you put on any of these costumes so you okay. don't pull anything. Sure. And there's somebody down there. Their other job to make sure you check in is to sit there on YouTube and make sure that there's no shenanigans that have gone on with their face character employees. They don't have – they don't have cameras very well at Disneyland, surprisingly. No, they rely on everybody else's camera phones. So that's what they go and look for. And they found an interview with me at the premiere – and it's, it was from someone's phone filming me, uh, you know, from behind the interviewer. And, you know, when you do an interview, you have to give your name, mm-hmm. um, you know, to confirm that it's okay to use your look, likeness, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, so I did that, and that was Disney's issue. They, like, I, I admitted who I was. So if somebody comes to the park, they know who you are now. And I was like, I was there in my own costume, and, I, and that wasn't meant – I wasn't putting my name on there, and I wasn't working for you guys that night. That mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. They really, looking through my, my pamphlet and everything, they didn't really have a right to let me go at all. So, But they did, and that's Disney. So, um, 
And then this guy said, do you want to write an article about her? Do you want to hopefully get your job back? I'm like, you know what? I'm making really good money being Jack on my own, probably better money. So no, let's do an article. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. I said, well, fuck them. Like it's the best way you can hurt them is, is mess with their publicity. And everything I said was true. They had to go back and check it with Disney. Like, well, we can't deny that that was said or that's why he wasn't fired. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could talk to you for the rest of this hour just about this. I think I remember reading this article. Um, yeah, so I encourage listeners, if you're curious, definitely look this up. Uh, yeah, LA, LA uh, not Weekly, you said LA, Ma- LA Magazine. LA, LA Magazine, yeah. If you look up on their website and search Captain Jack Gets the Boot, I think is the name of the article, and it's still up there. Wow. Is there, uh, yeah. is there any standout experience you had working in the park that was, I don't know, for good or bad beyond getting fired? Uh, it was a great experience. I mean, when you're on the set, it's the best. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, I used to say that Disneyland is the most famous stage in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you can go to Old Globe and do a show, and still no one's going to be nearly as impressed if you come up to them like, I do Jack Sparrow at Disneyland. They're like, what? You know, and same thing with the princesses and everything like that. It's the only place that I could walk up to Johnny and be Captain Jack and not be a douchebag. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like he's he's in my turf. So, I mean, I have a um a collection box of you know things that people have given me, notes that one lady gave me, said this is my hotel room, I'll blow you <laughs> on your break, like all kinds of all kinds of stuff. I had groupies that legitimately. Like she had a homeschooled daughter and they would both come like all the days they knew that I was working and they would get in line, the extremely long line, because this is when Pirates was in its prime. Sure, yeah. To visit me and take a photo and they just wanted to talk to me for a few minutes and then they'd get right back in line. That was their day. And what? only when I went on lunch lunch and stuff with it. Yeah, there's some some crazy people out there, like pass holders, P A P holders, yeah, yeah, pass yeah. holders but yeah, it's crazy. It was a it was an interesting taste, and you know, walking back and forth between my break room when it was like time to eat or something, and just have people just very upset if you can't sign an autograph or stop for a photo because it'll just cause chaos. It was really I started thinking like this is what it's like to be famous. This does suck a little bit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like not being able to have not I can go into the I can go into my costume room and take off this fake beard and walk into the park and no one will know me. But it's because it's here. This is where the magic is. This is the most real. It is for people, and this is what it must be like for Johnny wherever he goes, unless mm-hmm. he can hide himself. Mm-hmm. But he can't. Everyone knows what he looks like. So I'm like, yeah, I get. I guess I get the appeal of moving to another country. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, it's and fun. So, so you moved on after that to do Jack. What just like at uh, just uh, corporate events or birthday parties or what? Yeah, you know what? I was already doing birthdays for people at Disneyland uh, under the table, and then I decided to go ahead and just uh, start doing it on my own. Um, I got with a pirate company, uh, and they started hiring me out. Then they kind of sh- they kind of sh- uh, shafted me for money, so I left them and went to another pirate company. Mm-hmm. And then they started getting like taking too long to pay me. I'm like, oh, I'll get you on the next gig. I'm like, that's not how I do business. Yeah. So I finally realized that the the two companies did one thing major. They were using Jack Sparrow as a catalyst to book more pirates and do sword sword fighting and all that. And I started to think, I'm like, what if I gather some of my pirate friends and we do all the main characters from the movies and we do sword fights. So it's not such a hard sell. So I went ahead and put together a character company called Marked Men, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, I had more pirate girls than guys, which was funny, but we had Barbosa, we had a Davy Jones, we had, you know, um, Will Turner and, you know, and a bunch of little pirate girls that could be hired on the side. So we started taking over and like I blew the other two pirate companies out of the water and they were pissed, but it was like, well, don't screw, you shouldn't have screwed with me. You made an enemy out of me and now another company. <laughs> And then uh, hmm. when the pirate thing started to die down, um, I uh, that's when I started going like, okay, what can I do that, that that I have that's also super popular, probably never will die, which is Star Wars. And I'm like, oh, there we go. So I came up with an idea for Star Wars where the kids get to make like lightsabers and stuff and then invested in more costumes so that they could be there for events. And now um, that's always been my bread and butter is the Star Wars birthdays and events and stuff like that. And now I have an R2-D2 and like – two Darth Vader costumes and like uh, three teams total that do it. So it's pretty, That's it's amazing. pretty awesome. That's really amazing. Yeah. What, uh, so I, I know you also do some superheroes. You've done Dr. Who at birthday parties and I, I just, that yeah, just yeah. blew me away. Yeah. What was like, I have these costumes that I drop a lot of money on and it's like, well, I have the company. I might as well put it out there. And if it takes off, great. I mean, we've done even back to the future parties. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dr. Who, like for a while when Matt Smith was around, that's when all the kids loved it. After he left, he lost. They lost the kid audience, unfortunately. So that it's not. It's not been as popular as it once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was fun for the few times that I did get to do it. And I think I do at least two a year still to this day. But 
but yeah, no, it's it's been great. Um, I got a dinosaur costume, so now we do Jurassic World, and it, it really is cool to get paid to do what I love. So I get paid to cosplay. The only downfall is is that I work on weekends, hence yeah, I don't get to go to conventions as much as I used to. Right, so, you know, right. it's 22, but I mean, I get paid to do what I normally would just walk around and do for free, so that's nice. So would you say that pretty much like, maybe not every weekend, but like 90% of your weekends are booked doing this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Definitely. I have to book myself out now, which is nice that I have more teams that can do this stuff now. I've basically, It's funny because all these costumes that I love, I got a new Spider-Man and everything like that, and my Batman, I love all of them, and they're out in other people's homes now because they're now my official like Batman because I'm too busy doing Star Wars parties right now, you know, so I don't, I see them, but I don't see them anymore, and they're like my children, and they're gone, <laughs> you know, it's so weird. <laughs> But, uh, but it had to happen. Like I had to just start handing them out to people. Like, okay, I can't be there. you got to be there for me. So that's what it's turned into. But uh, but yeah, so I would say I definitely am I'm definitely booked every single weekend unless I pre-block myself out. So That sounds an awful lot like how when I'm putting together a doctor group and I need different doctors and I've got all the costumes or, or the comedy show or something. And so you're not just cosplaying yourself and working on how good is this costume. You are literally now being kind of a director slash casting person and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. even for com for comic-con we're doing masquerade it's actually the first time i've ever competed and wow um, okay we're do doing yeah no and it's funny i've never competed but mostly because i know comic-con's the one i always go to but their rule of not being able to wear a costume all yeah. until the thing always has gotten on me i'm like i'm not gonna go through this and not wear it all weekend and get the the flash burn i want you know mm -hmm. um but uh so this is the first time I'm doing it, and we're going to do the uh, Ray's dream sequence from mm -hmm. Star Wars. So the whole Knights of Ren, are, I've got a whole team of Knights of Ren. I'm going to be Kylo. We've got a Ray. We've got, um, I don't know if anyone's seen the adorable little BB-8 baby girl, the same girl that does uh, Baby Predator. Oh, yeah. Uh, her parents have been long-term friends of mine, and so she's going to be BB-8 in the in the show. Mm -hmm. um, and then her older sister is going to be like, you know, young Ray yelling, no, come back, you know, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So. Should be pretty good, but yeah, this is my first. We have a rehearsal on Monday, so I totally get where you're coming from now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's cool, um, and it's it's great. You've you've expanded it and, and done so well. And you're right. There, there, of course, there would be call for uh, all of these popular characters, depending on the cycle, as you say, pirates then and Star Wars in general, but especially now. And uh, I remember when you were doing the Who uh, stuff, you were uh, mainly doing, I think, Tenant. I don't know if you did as many as Smith. Um, uh, yeah, I've I've never have done anything besides Tenant. Ten, uh -huh. but yeah, yeah, and it has been my my bread and butter. I just don't have the Smith jaw. I just yeah. can't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I, I usually look at something and say, "How can I pull it off?" Matt Smith's actually my doctor. He's the one that pulled me in. Like mm -hmm. watching him versus special, I was like, "Oh God, I love his performance. I really do." Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, I mean, every, you know, you know, the world loves Ten. So obviously, I found ooh the GQ good-looking one. I love them both, but and I think Ten is just I could watch his series over and over again. But Smith is definitely the one that brought me in. But Ten is the one I've only done for sure. Okay, no, that's cool. I'm just, uh, I just think it's so great that you know there was a there's a day and age where kids were what was it making Sonic screwdrivers at a birthday party and you know yeah. it's far cry from the Doctor Who uh, days I grew up in in uh, the PBS in the eighties. Which, so, which you would have killed for, right? A Doctor oh, yeah. Who birthday party, awesome. You know what sure. I mean? And it's just funny that. They're still out there, and I'm. I always get blown away by Back to the Future parties when people finally call me for one because I can get the car there. You know, like I come as 2015 Marty, mm -hmm. meet the kids, Doc does some science, and then I act like I leave and go change around the corner into Johnny Be Good Marty and come back like I've never met them before. <laughs> and we do like you know, like I give them blow, blow up uh, John, like guitars they could do Johnny Be Good. And parents show their kids these movies, and sometimes they just fall in love with them just as much as we do. I mean, my daughter fell in love with. Um, uh, um, Back to the Future, the second I showed her. Her favorite movie of all time is Jaws, so I had to huh. do a custom Jaws birthday party where I got uh, uh, my girlfriend's parents' um, swimming pool, and uh, we I got a blow-up projector screen, and we showed the movie while the lights were out, and I, I jumped in the pool and like had a Jaws fin and everything and pulled legs occasionally. <laughs> so it was fun, you know, so, but it's just, it's, it, some kids, there are some 80 kids being reborn out there, which is great. Now, I imagine that, and granted, I'm sure these kids are out to have fun and everything, but they, they must be a tougher crowd in some ways than the, the fans you might meet at a convention when you're doing these characters. Yeah, I mean, they can be. I mean, uh, the, pro the, the, the bonus to me is that I am a dad. And uh, what I've been I've been told that I know how to do daddy voice is the word, mm -hmm. um, which is I, I you know, I have practice, a lot of practice and been doing these for so long. But yeah, when you first step into that world, of wearing a costume and trying to 
the crowd control as well as performing is is definitely a, probably one of the coolest hardest challenges you, you can ask for you know um you know you get the sometimes that the kids are super great sometimes they're not all great and then you have that one bad seed that'll stop start the you know like you're not real yeah. um, okay <laughs> you know what i mean like i mean one kid but you just always have to have responses for like i remember where was i it was actually at disneyland some girl came up to me as when i was jack and the line was there and she came up to me and she just looks me over while I'm talking. I start looking at her back, like, and then she's like, "You're not the real Jack Sparrow." With attitude, and turned and walked away. And everyone looked at me. It was that awkward silence, like, "Ooh." And then I was like, "Well, that wasn't very nice." She didn't even call me Captain, <laughs> you know. And they just lost it. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you have that, like, and I always pitch it to the kids, like, you know, you don't. If they say you don't look just like someone, I'm like, "Well, those are documentaries about my life." You know, they got actors to do it, so <laughs> you know, I don't know what to tell you. They're not always right. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have a line for everything. Because, yeah, I did a a library gig as the Joker, and it was fun. We did some story time. And at the end, there were these two. And it's always the older kids. There's like a magic age where I'd say once they hit about, I don't know, I want to say like 9 or 10, they start Yeah, they want to be like, we don't buy this, you know. Like, they want to be smart. And, and it's like, they've been throwing me grief, and I, I think I threw some jokerisms at him. And after a while, I'm like, part of me is like, kid, what do you want? What do you want? Like, you know, of course yeah. I'm not the Joker. What you, <laughs> yeah, what are, you, what are you getting out of this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can either have fun with it, or you can walk away with the superior complex that, yeah, you know, I'm not the real Joker, but who is? So, um, right, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I never broke character, but you know, it got to the point where after a while, I just had to focus on other kids. Like, well, hopefully they'll take the hint that I need to focus on the ones who actually are having a good time. Uh, right, exactly, but. Yeah, no, it's it's very different, but I think that's really great that you know uh, you've you've essentially turned cosplay into a living, and you know not a lot of people can say that. Yeah, no, it's I've been very lucky in that in that respect. So, and now what I'm looking into in the next two years here is I'm trying to look at some land, maybe in Culver City to either build or buy a warehouse to. The warehouse will be um, one big arena that's like a castle. And then another big arena that's like a Star Wars arena, so mm-hmm. that or interactive set, so that people could start coming to us for birthdays, and then also for grown-up events. Say you want to do like a Game of Thrones viewing party at night, and even though it'd be a rewatch, because I'm sure by the time it's built, the show will be over. But um, you know, like Harry Potter, you can redress it, set up the lights outside. Hopefully, we'll have a pool where we could do mermaid parties, pirate ship, mini pirate ship stuff like that. So I'm trying to. Look into that business venue next so that we can finally have just a venue to have epic kids to grown-up parties, as a matter of fact, you know. Yeah, that's really Uh, smart. Really smart. And then grow it. Yeah, because every parent I tell, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this facility. I'd pay double. Good, because that's what I'd charge you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's fantastic. But, you know, they have – we'll have a good Yoda puppet, puppeteer there so that he can come out of nowhere and just start talking to the kids and everything. I think, And then interactive sets that they'll be able to, like, force push something, you know, Mm -hmm. all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Goal, so – yeah, well, kind of like a Star Trek experience, but with a lot more options. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Wow. No, that's that's really awesome, dude. I I knew you did some of this. I didn't know it was to this wide breadth. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it takes up my life. I don't get to see anybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Still doing it. <laughs> now, I, now I understand why uh, you're always so hard to book for rehearsing on a comedy show. I'm like, wow. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so back to conventions for a second. What is your favorite convention? Is it San Diego Comic-Con or has that changed since it's become so big and crazy? You know, no, still Comic-Con is my birthing place in my opinion. So I still love that one the most. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I actually don't go to that many anymore. Like I think I go to WonderCon I, you know, and I love, but it does battle with Celebration. I do love Star Wars Celebration because, again, that's another version of where I was, like, born. I've been to going to Celebration since the first one in a rainy, rainy convention center in Denver. Right. Like, so uh, that one has always been one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I guess they're kind of go to too, but Comic-Con has, all, I've never missed a year of Comic-Con since 96. So mm-hmm. definitely my favorite is going to the mothership, so. And then I always, you know, I've always thrown, I've always thrown a pirate party there every year too. And the theme always changed. Just like two years ago, it was like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So, and like right now, I put it on hold because somebody got my ship this year. Mm-hmm. So now we're doing Rave of Thrones with Hodor. He's he's a DJ, and we're doing that for the Omni Nightclub. So I'm like doing all the nerd stuff for that on Thursday night for Comic Con. So anyone listening, yeah, tickets are still available through the Omni. Uh, I think anyone who wants to see Holdor spin and see a bunch of Game of Thrones characters. 
Wow, man, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll see if I can swing through. I, my, it's so weird that my Thursday is getting so booked up, but yet every other day is like in such limbo right now for me. Yeah, um, it's weird. Thursday became the like the big day for some reason. With mm-hmm. like industry parties are mostly on that day now. I don't know what happened, but changed. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, I mean, I, I still like Comic Con, but it it is a different. My first one was a one, and even though it was big then, it's like that's baby carrots compared to what it is now. Oh yeah, ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and the the way that it's just so hard to get tickets and get in and da 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 and parking, hotels and and yet we still do it cuz, you know, I admit it, it is truly kind of, you know, nerd mecca. I mean, Dragon Con is the only one other thing that comes close, but it's still not common. I've never I've never gone to Dragon Con. This year's going to be my first year though, so I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um I uh I've heard nothing but good things even though it's more of like a giant lobby con than a con con, but yeah. Right, it's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, at Gallifrey in its own respect is similar to that. Right. <laughs> you know. Very true. Which and that's what I loved about it. It's very it's very just a cool, chill party atmosphere, which was fun. Mm. Um so uh since though it sounds like celebration and, and Comic Con are your favorites, tell me, uh I like to ask, what has been in the convention sense, because obviously I know this can stretch to wholly other areas if we're including, you know, Disneyland and so forth. Uh, your favorite or best experience in costume and conversely, your least favorite experience in costume. Mm. Um, are we just talking conventions or just like in general life? <laughs> uh, I mean, if it's a better story, give me life. I usually try to say conventions, but most people I talk to mostly they wear these at conventions. But if you got something better that's out of a convention, then, you know, give it to me. Um, best experience in costume was uh, meeting Johnny Depp at mm-hmm. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even mine. It was Disney's, but whatever. <laughs> but so, like, the first week, we all got to do a trial day mm-hmm. before they announced, you know, the new ride and all that stuff. Um, and uh, we had to, it was, it was kind of fun practicing because they all took us out to practice at, at the week before mm-hmm. at like three in the morning. You mm-hmm. have to rehearse at Disneyland because no one's there. And it was yeah. kind of funny being at Disneyland at three in the morning, right. watching the sun come up, doing pirate rehearsals. It was just cool in costume. It was mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, but, we all did a put-in day. My day was the last day. It was, it was the Friday, and uh, they they said, you know, we're extending your hour today because we need to have you come backstage and chat. And I'm thinking I'm in trouble. Did I do something wrong? But mm-hmm. I'm like always been so good at doing this because I've been doing it long before any of the other guys that auditioned, you know. Mm-hmm. So I go back there, and the other guys are there who were hired to be Jack. There was a total of four of us, and uh, we waited for like. It was like almost an hour. Just like we, they couldn't tell us why we needed a final appro- approval or something, something, something. Finally, uh, a guy comes up and just says, "Okay, um, you guys are about to meet Johnny Depp. Uh, he has some notes for you. You're not allowed to ask him for photos uh, and autographs, nothing like that. He just wanted to chat with you guys and and, and stuff for a few minutes." I was, we were like, "Okay," and then immediately he comes around the corner, like no warning, just like, "Oh, all right," um, and he's like, uh, "Really appreciate." You know, he gave a little speech. He's like, I really appreciate um, you guys coming and doing this. Jack lives a little bit in everybody, but you guys definitely are one of the top ones I've seen. I've got a few notes here for you. And he gave, like, everybody envelopes. He didn't give me one. And he's like, I actually don't have any notes for you. So, good job. And (laughs) I was like, all right. And and he left. And I was just, like, draw-dropped. And the guys are like, you're such a dick. And I'm like, what? You guys have a written note from Johnny you could frame. It's an acting note. I know no notes are good notes, but keep in mind, I've been doing this longer, you know. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess you're right. But that that experience to be in Jack and meet him and tell tell me I did a great job and have no notes was the greatest moment of my life as far as being in costume and doing this type of work. So definitely, definitely that takes the cake over anything. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Worst. Doing a birthday party is Michelangelo. <laughs> it's fucking hot. It's horrible. Kids like to beat on the shell. It's a fuzzy character, and I hated it. So, I mean, like, I know it's not a big story. I can't think of anything that actually happened at a convention that I was miserable at. You know, I've, mm-hmm. it's always been pretty good, pretty good experiences. Um, I guess the only time that I've ever been bummed is I had a full uh, um, Arkham Asylum group that I put together, like, killed myself over. Mm-hmm. And after doing the makeup and getting the final touches in the costume, biggest regret was we only were on the con floor for two hours. And I still to this day feel that it's one of the best Arkham groups that ever was made. But because we didn't get out there till very late, we didn't get a lot of, you know, this is back before 
people brought their smartphones with them. You know what I mean? Like our costumes didn't have pockets. Like, you know, right, so we couldn't right. get our own photos. You have to still do the old school thing where like you find the photos and everything, and I just couldn't find that many. And I was so proud. I, I bleached my hair three times and actually dyed it green. Full commitment. You know what I mean? Like everybody committed so hardcore. It was a nightmare to get everyone badges, like, but I did it all. And then by the time I got on the floor, it was only two hours. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I mean, I think that was probably my most disappointing experience for costume because it was so good so mm. much work for so little payoff you know um so i guess that would be my biggest uh sad regret in cosplay in my life but other than that uh, every story's been great it's always been fun to be in costume and just you know, prance around uh do you have you uh ever been commonly mistaken for a different character when you're not who they say you are uh it's funny i know that uh, it's just because people aren't thinking fast enough at Disneyland. People used to call me Jack Black. <laughs> you know, that's not like they don't think Jack Black. They just, you know, it's in their head. Right. Um, yeah, you know what? When I first did Kylo uh, and I went to the movie, they, I couldn't wear the helmet or wear the lightsaber. So naturally everyone's like, oh, are you doing Snape? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't do not disappoint me. <laughs> you know, give me the ice cream. But um, other than that, no, everyone usually pretty knows who I am. My problem is that nobody knows that it's me. And it's a compliment in itself, but at the same time, if I tell people, like, my list of the characters I've done, people are like, that was you? That was you? That was you? Mm-hmm. It's like the Gary Oldman of fucking acting. Like, oh, my God, that was you. You were the you half-black pimp with the lazy eye from, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, and it's like, it's really great, but at the same time, it's funny how, like, I would have loved, There's there was a time that I was like, why is everyone getting famous and nobody knows my name yet? You know, what I mean? like, and I've been doing this for so long, and I have an arsenal at home that kills most people I know. And it's really, and it's like, I notice I'm like, these people go out and they do that one cosplay and they do it everywhere, like all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to slow down. <laughs> I don't need like 50 <laughs> costumes here. So I usually just get like one personal costume for me and then like just parade in that as much as I can. So, and that, that's when people started to get to know me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, there we go. There we go. No, I've only, I've been here since 96. Not a big deal. <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of how that, that, that goes down for me. Funny. Very funny. Um, so, uh, so what, what newer Star Wars characters have you done? You mentioned a couple of Darth Vader's and, and Kylo. I mean, it's, it sounds well, like yeah, I've just been, I've just been upgrading the new stuff. Like I'm literally, I just got my new Kylo Ren, new lightsaber, new helmet, the whole, the works. Um, the other one I keep for birthdays, probably keep this one. And the good thing about the Star Wars stuff, it, it's always an investment work-wise, you know what I mean? So I could justify going to, I, like I went to Disneyland and bought all the new cool light up lightsabers, dropped $800 on those for kids' parties. And I'm like, I, I get to walk away with all these lightsabers. It's just fun. But, um, but yeah, so, like, we've got a new Ray costume that we just uh, – that Chad just made for me. Um, and what else? What else we got? Uh, I, I am getting a BB-8 soon. Should be done by November to go with, with R2 mm-hmm. uh, and all that. So, I mean, that's what I have on the plate. I, it's funny because this con – is the first Comic Con I don't really have anything new. It's literally just the same costumes I've had with new up- updates, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. go as Jon Snow, Star Lord, probably Marty McFly, or Marty McFly Junior. is really who I like to play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? You know, um, and uh, and yeah, just just everything that I already have, which has actually been a little bit of a relaxing relief for me. I so. can totally relate to that. Not yeah. having, yeah, not having to do the party on top of it. I'm just doing the Rave of Thrones and I'm helping out. Like it's the only thing I have to worry about is the masquerade and it's pretty much everyone's coming together on their own without anything from me. So it's, it's actually going to be so far a really relaxing convention, uh, year this year. So it's nice. So, uh, let's talk Jon Snow. Cause I know that's, I ran into you with that at the, uh, the geeky awards. Uh, was that like a year or so ago? Uh, Yes, yeah. that's, that's that's very impressive. You do that very well. Uh, how did how did that come together? Well, um, I I got brought in to be a, a person, and they gave me producer credit at the end because of how much work I put into it on a pilot called Big Fat Geek Wedding, mm-hmm. and it aired on uh, Sci-Fi, and it, it was we had a really cool battle plan. I wish the show would have taken off, but um, the pilot was. They basically the idea was they have the wedding planner and then they have the geek event planner, which is me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told me the first episode is going to be uh, the wife loves uh, Game of Thrones and the husband loves Lord of the Rings. Um, and now I already knew about Lord of the Rings, but I had not seen Game of Thrones at all yet. And I'd heard so many great things about it. So I went, I bought all the DVDs and I binge watched because they said we'd start filming in January and start you know, talking about what we're going to do. But they told me in November I basically got the job when I went to like three interviews. 
And I was like, okay. Um, and uh, so I binge watched and fell in love with it. And then they told me they really wanted us uh, in the middle of the wedding for me to come in and do uh, interrupt the wedding with a sword fight. And I was sitting there watching the show, and I'm sitting there going like, what what character would actually do this? And actually, the uh, my girlfriend she she was she actually thought that I would immediately go to Jon Snow like most guys do. She called, she said she would, but I actually went to Khal Drogo first. Hmm. I thought, you know, because of the Jack, he had the Jack Sparrow eyeliner. <laughs> like yeah. the eye, uh, same type of scheme face-wise. I'm like, I could do that makeup-wise. I've been working out like a fiend lately. I could do it even worse right before the shoot and uh, wear platform boots and just be a gigantor. So, um, and do the whole cool like Hercules trick where it's like gauntlets make you look bigger and buffer. Um, <laughs> but... So I, I called them and I'm like, hey, I'd like to do this. I've got, you know, the wedding planner found a castle to do it. I'm like, I have a lead in from um, Sean over at uh, the uh, the Labyrinth of Jareth Ball. He's got a dragon head. We can rent it. I think I think I want to get Daenerys in there. I want to come in as Cal Drogo. And let's get my buddy who's my sword fight part- partner. He has he has the best Legolas ever. So I said, I want to I want to interrupt the wedding, but I want Legolas to stand up and fight me. So it'll be a literally Cal Drogo and Legolas fight. And then the groom comes in and finishes me off. And they loved it, but they're like, we don't have the budget to buy any new costumes. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I literally took my check and bought the Daenerys costume in Khal Drogo and, um, and myself. And just, just so we did the show, we did the episode, and that's what got me obsessed with Game of Thrones. But naturally, kept watching it, and I'm just like, God, I do really love Jon Snow. So it was, <laughs> that was the next thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year, it was funny because, you know, at the time, I always give myself a play costume and then a work costume. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get a Star-Lord costume because I think that's got to be huge with kids' parties. It's a new Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get Jon Snow for myself. Completely bass-ass, bass-ackwards on that. I, I got Jon Snow, who, that, and this is only the second time that this has happened, that I pulled a costume out of the box, and it was perfect. Um, her name is Pongo Pongo. Mm-hmm. She's on Etsy, and her work, every time we pull out uh, a Game of Thrones costume, because she's a fan, it, out of the box, it's ready. It's ready. There's nothing that needs to be done on it. No adjustments, nothing. It would just, And it came out, and it was just perfect from the get-go. So that mm. was great. So I got it from her. But it's funny. I ended up doing more work as Jon Snow than anything else, and have done more kids' parties as Jon Snow than <laughs> Star-Lord. That's crazy. Parents, started, parents called me. And it dawned on me, you know, because I had been getting calls for a knight and princess style, style party. And I said, well, it finally dawned on me, like, well, I don't have, like, armor, but I do have Jon Snow and Khaleesi. And the mom just went, yes, let's do it. That's awesome. And, you know, she showed her son, like, some snips of Jon Snow, some action sequences so he could see how cool he was. But nothing else besides that. And it was enough, and she's like, you know, it gave me an excuse to have liquor at the party. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen so many parents turn out for a party. And, like, <laughs> and I trained the kids. I trained the kids to go to be on the wall. Like mm. they all got certificates saying they're part of the Night's Watch, and mm. they made him take the vow. And like it's just, it's hilarious how many we those we've done because that's my market. Because parents love Game of Thrones, and the kids don't know any better. They just see this cool knight. Yeah. Okay. So uh, fair enough. So that actually has done way more money wise than than Star Lord. Starler's just been a personal pre- project for me. I now started to be able to market him being a Nerf party type character. So the older kids get Nerf wars. I bring the guns and everything like that. And that's a fun one. So, yeah. That's fascinating because from, from this angle, you get to see exactly what is what is a popular character. What's their cycle with the kids? At least, I mean, I understand adults are always going to be a bit different. but uh, And what's the angle to make that character sellable as, yeah, it's a cool character, but unless you have something more to back it up with activities, as you say. Um, exactly. Right. Like a lot of them, a lot of these parties I go with Star-Lord for the Nerf parties, they show the kid the movie the first time. They've never mm. seen it. And I'm like, that's so surprising. I know there's some cuss words in there, but come on. Like, yeah. but they watch it and they love it, <clears throat> but that's what triggers it, you know? And, and they, if they haven't seen it, they just see this cool futuristic guy for mm. Nerf Wars and they love it. So yeah, it works. Wow. That is, that is rather terrific. Um, so, uh, what I mean, it sounds like you you know where you like to uh, look and shop. But what are your favorite online resources when you're putting costumes together? Well, uh, Game of Thrones, Pongo Pongo in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. uh, and anything that period. She's very good at working with leathers and stuff like that. Um, futuristic type leathers and stuff like that. I've got my friend. Uh, it's funny. It's usually a lot. A lot of my friends are super talented. My buddy Chad, uh, my friend uh, Megan, who goes by Nick's, like all amazing people close by, which is great because it's really hard to get a costume made from someone that doesn't live close by to do sure. fittings, measurements, etc. Um, 
so I would go to I've gone to Chad for at least half of my costumes, if not more, to make. Um, for like Star Wars, he's been doing all my Star Wars stuff, and then uh, you know I go to my friend Megan uh, Nix, who I can send you links to these people if you post these anywhere sure. to their Facebook because mm-hmm. they unfortunately don't have websites, but they have Instagrams and their Facebooks. I go to them like I, she made my entire Star Lord costume from head to toe, the full leather jacket, like. And she had to custom, you know, do the pattern for it and made the pants with the gun holsters and everything she did. Mm-hmm. She did an amazing job. Chad also does, like, custom pattering. And that's that's the ca- that's the catch is finding somebody that can really do that. And, I, you know, my advice is always also to go to someone that loves the genre mm-hmm. because you know that there will be more love that goes into it. So I'm always – I hunt for those things. I hunt for someone that's good, someone that knows they can get it done in the time I need it. But most importantly, have you seen the show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are you a fan? Because if you're not and I'm between two people, I will always choose the fan because you know they're going to give a shit about doing it right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even so. if they're a real high-end Savile Row tailor, they might be technically good, but they might miss some crucial details on the replication. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. They, yeah, they might just skip it or be like, oh, they don't need that. They're not going to notice that. But somebody who's a fan would be like, no, we have to put that in there. That's an important piece, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Wow, that's amazing. Uh, what do you think you have learned doing cosplay what's the most important thing you've learned i the one thing i've learned is it's definitely it's basically my circle of friends have come from it so i've learned that there are thousands of people like me that didn't want halloween to end and those that have not realized how much they loved halloween (laughs) you know it's one of those things where like if somebody says they haven't heard of cosplay before i'm like aladdin on the carpet going like i can show you the world (laughs) like you know but it's the bottom line is is that whether they're being introduced to it for the first time or it's something naturally they always deep down wanted that it was nice to actually learn to find out there was a lot of people like me um and that it's not weird (laughs) to dress in costume or want to put a costume on year round and that's one of the things i love about it uh that it's just become so much more normal Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i think i think that's uh, i've just learned that it's become something that the world uh, is is very fond of and and likes um i don't know if that's essentially a learning thing or just an admiring thing that it's Mm -hmm. become this way you know what i mean um i've definitely learned how to make a living out of it um you know, and that's that goes right into the American dream of like do what you love or get paid to play so you never have to grow up. Mm-hmm. And that to me, you know, is and if it wasn't for cosplay, that wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do this. You know, if these people weren't this talented and the world of cosplay didn't bring us together, I wouldn't have the resources to be this successful or have all this going on. It mm-hmm. would it would be a lot harder and difficult. So I'm actually I'm really thankful of how it has evolved and how it's become huge. You know, at first I'm not gonna lie, I was the standard old school nerd that I've been here since '96 and all these people coming out of nowhere and they're just your know, rookies, like you know. <laughs> but then I realized, you know what though, this is great because this makes everything that I ever it was such a pain to get and meet people and everything like that uh, totally easy and mm-hmm. faster and and greater. So. It was just that standard, like, don't like change, but now the change is amazing. Like, so I've learned that uh, uh, it is is a lifestyle. It really is a lifestyle, and I I enjoy it immensely. It seems to be a more accepted lifestyle, too, because I know that, and I'm sure you can remember uh, a day when uh, this would have been extremely frowned upon for anyone in their adult years to be pursuing this to this sort of level um back in the day i mean there were cosplays going on i mean i've seen the articles of um people doing it like uh world sci-fi cons you know back in like the 60s um, oh yeah which is yeah. great but it's amazing how much more accepted the the whole thing is along of course with geek culture in general um which you can blame on joss whedon or the superhero boom or game of thrones yeah, or pick sure. your pick your cultural landmark there but that's definitely where things have gone um do you feel that do you feel that cosplay in general has not only become more mainstream, but become more, um, uh, I shouldn't say take for granted, but like, you know, cause if you go to a convention, it feels like everyone is just, it's just an accepted thing. You know what I mean? Um, whereas yeah. back in the day, as you said, it was a little more special. Uh, do you, do you feel that, uh, that's, 
that's that's the big change or do you feel that like that always should have been this way it just took kind of like everyone to kind of get on board with the program with as you say that the cosplay arriving and and uh the arrival of not only the new generation but the the larger segment of female fans and so forth a good question i um it definitely was it felt a little bit more special only because there wasn't so many Mm -hmm. you know you go to disneyland you have your select you have to go find those characters now Mm -hmm. it's like you go to disneyland and there's people dressing up as those characters and people want pictures with them you know and um or the um disney bounding and stuff like that so it's but i think it's better this way because there's a lot more satisfaction out there there's a lot more people that are happy doing it and like i said it it when I did this, any girlfriend I dated, it was, let me bring you into this world and put you in a Mara Jade outfit really quick and show <laughs> you just how amazing. And it's literally just, I just saw a photo pop up the other day of like a time thing. And my girlfriend at the time, I put her in Mara Jade, she dyed her hair red. And she's like, I really like this. I'm like, isn't it fun? And you get to be the character you idolize. At least I do. And that's mm-hmm. what I choose usually. If I see a character I'm in love with, I get to be that person for a day. And now that there's so many of them, it's literally like a, a mini underground party for us versus the real world. Like I get there and I hang out and I see like see you and your your Joker outfit and your team and everything. It's like, hey, how's it going, man? And then we snap back into talking to normal people. And it's like, let's make sure and get into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so nice. It's literally, it's almost like, like I said, cost performing where we all have like our... We have a show to do, mm-hmm. and everybody that's not in cosplay is not a part of the show. Mm-hmm. They're they're here to watch or help, and uh, I like that there's tons of us now because it's yeah, it's just a bonding experience, really. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Mara J, the standard first date. Yeah, there's a litmus test. That's right. <laughs> put, this, put this tight black outfit on. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you know if they're in or not after that. Um, yep. that's, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's, it's, it's very cool. And, and, uh, bringing in the, I mean, cause you also have the acting background, bringing that to it can only elevate things. There's a lot of people I know with phenomenal costumes, but they are more shy. Uh, they don't have stage experience. So they're just, they're just kind of flying their colors, which is great. You know, no problem yeah, with that. Fine. But uh, I, I've seen it. I remember the first time, first significant time I did Tom Baker and someone asked me to do something in character, do the voice. And I didn't have the confidence yet to even try. And although it wasn't like they berated me, there was that kind of disappointment in their eyes when they walked away where I'm like, I better work on this. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It's just they want to meet that character. You know, yeah. if you can bring it. It's it's that new level of magic. You know, for that moment, you're that character, you're that doctor. And I just always feel like if I can't. I feel like I'm letting him down. So I'll work on the character before I get the costume. But most of the time, it's usually when the costume's on me, that's when it comes to life. I don't know about you. I know that's always been for Jack. I can't not walk like him or anything like that um, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So um, I will say with Doctor Who, it's funny because Doctor Who was really kind of one of the – one of the three costumes I actually made was uh, my girlfriend's TARDIS costume, Mm -hmm. the top corset part. Yeah, yeah. The wood and the lit up and everything. I've never made anything before like that extents. But I went around trying to look for someone that could do it or done something like it. And it was the first time I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out because nobody does it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, no Mm -hmm. one's done anything like this. So that's one of the things I loved about Gallifrey because it was the first time I was able to debut uh, something that I actually put together myself, which was which was awesome. So I do love Gallifrey for that. Sorry, that was a side syndicate, but it just popped in my head just now. No, it was, <laughs> it was a great piece, yeah, and it was very creative. And you know, you see all these. Ver- That's the thing that blows me away about Doctor Who now. It's not just doctors, companions, villains. It's uh, a lot of femme cosplay. I see that almost more so there than in any other uh, kind of genre yeah. of cosplay. Uh, and and just kind of original takes on things or tweaks on things. And and then people, the girls have gone crazy doing the TARDIS and Dalek uh, dress stuff. And you kind of took the TARDIS quote dress. Uh, to like another level with that so I thought that was really neat yeah I went and saw it all and I was like I can't find anyone that's done something like this so I was like alright let's do this out of wood <laughs> you know, it was it was, yeah it was a lot of fun and now it's uh, now it's at home on a mannequin so as it should be as it should be yeah um, all right. Well, I, uh, I mean, I know we could talk forever but uh, I don't want to go on too long and, and uh, eat up all your time I guess uh, let me ask uh, where can people find you online uh, everything's under fanboy Brandon. That's kind of my like nerd sake. Um, I have the Facebook, I've got Instagram, Twitter, even I have a YouTube show 
that I just started. I've been trying to do different cosplay YouTube shows, trying the water. Like, I did a convention thing called The Con Man before The Con Man show came yeah, out. Yeah. But it was too long. You know, nobody wants to dedicate that many time to seeing somebody go through a convention. Um, and uh, th- I just came up with this new idea, which is, like, I don't know if you've heard or seen The Tipsy Bartender. Um, basically, he's on there. He's, like, Jamaican, and he shows you how to make... And there's a lot of these YouTube shows of bartenders showing you how to make cool... Cocktails, mm-hmm. themed cocktails. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with the idea of doing basically a cosplay bartender show. Um, and I've already got two episodes out, and I'm trying to do at least seven Game of Thrones episodes. So you have a new drink to make every episode, since mm-hmm. next season's only gonna be seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like I bring the Hound on, my other cosplay friends to make it. I'm the next one I'm hoping to do here is Batman, because Batman and Superman comes out on DVD, and be basically. You're a bartender in character and costume that will teach you how to make a themed drink for when your DVD comes out and you want to do a viewing party or make one for the girlfriend or just be forever alone in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so that's under Fanboy Brandon. I think I put Sir in front of it because YouTube's stupid and I had to have something there, so it's like I'm a knight, but that's it. that should come up. Um, and, uh, yeah, so everything under Fanboy Brandon, you put a search, that should that should come up. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. What I, I always ask uh, parting, uh, what would be your number one tip or piece of advice to anyone starting out in cosplay today? Um, this is this is going to be a controversial answer. Controversial, I can't pronounce it. Um, I really feel that you should first cosplay something that you are going to be comfortable in, something that you know you're going to look good in. Um, mostly because I I've I've heard horror stories of people. This whole body conscious thing, you know, somebody who's overweight shouldn't wear a slave lay outfit. I'm against it, but I don't think it's wise to go out there and get shunned by people because that'll turn you off. The first comment you get, you will not want to do it again, and that'll ruin your life. So I would say go at least the first time in something that you know that you can rock 100% that people are going to love, and then divvy in into there. And it's just my advice. That's just how the cruel world works. It's not that I agree with it, but... Um, you know what I mean? So like if let's say um, I've got a bigger friend. Her name is Rhapsody, and she's amazing. She would be uh, – she wouldn't go out and do Slave Leia the first time, but she's done things like Ursula and rocked that and things like that. People fell in love with her, got to know her and everything, and now she could put on anything. She does modeling now, and she looks amazing, and people like just have nothing but beautiful things to say about her. No one said any bad one thing. She went about it the, the smart way. And I just say I don't want people to be turned off their first time. So – uh, just I would say just be conscious of that when you go out for the first one mm-hmm. and then after that make your, make your way after that and then you can do whatever you want but uh, people are cruel and I'm just trying to help uh, make sure there's a shield that blocks that you know mm-hmm. do you find uh, when you're picking costumes I mean since you uh, obviously are picking partly for your business but do you do you tend to pick uh, your your favorites what you're passionate about or do you find you're having to pick on oh what's popular and what are what are people going to gravitate to you know, I I've I've been lucky in the fact that I usually like what what's popular. You know what I mean? I'm very mm-hmm. I'm very absurd. Usually, if everybody likes something, there's a good reason for it. And I'm always into pop culture. And since most of the things that people are into has been nerd stuff for the past decade, it's been very easy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, and it's funny because like I sat there and I saw, let's say, Guardians of the Galaxy, and was like. What is this movie? I don't know who this actor is. Like, I don't even know why I watched this. What is this about? And then I go and watch it, and I'm like, this is one of the best Marvel movies ever. Like, I just really fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now I want to be Star Lord, and I knew nothing about him before, and I'm, you know, all that stuff. So I, I, and but before I was like, I'm probably gonna have to do this costume. Um, and then it was after I saw it, I was like, I want to do this costume. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but I have had to buy like Captain America costumes for my team and like a Thor costume and everything, but I never wear them. <laughs> like hardly ever. <laughs> so it's not really for me. I usually only usually do the characters I love and then I figure out how I can market them. And I've just been lucky that every character I love, everybody else seems to love. So that's cool. <laughs> that was great. That's great. I'm glad yeah, it works out. I'm very lucky in that part. I'm very lucky. Awesome. Well, um, I hope to uh, check in with you again and talk more costumes because I know I've just scratched the tip of the iceberg here. Um, <laughs> but I will post your uh, links on the uh, on the uh, blog and hopefully people can check that out. Uh, and if anybody has any questions or comments or wishes to be interviewed, uh, just drop me a line at CostumeStationZero.com or CostumeStationZero on Facebook. Uh, with that, Brandon, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week with more Shop Talk here on Costume Station Zero.
ਕਰਦੇ ਹਾਂ 